Listener Production. So this week, the super successful Scottish singer Lewis Capaldi said the pressure of touring is making his struggle with Tourette's syndrome almost too much to bear. So Capaldi first opened up about his struggle with Tourette's last year. And in this episode of The Briefing, we discover what it's like living with Tourette's. So I had around three ticks. I had the shoulder shrugging and, and the grunting tick and then the blinking and then the clicking. But yeah, lockdown just triggered something, I think. Yeah, so we're going to learn how Tourette's syndrome is far more complex than swearing mid-sentence. That interview right after today's headlines with Eleanor Harrison Dengate. It is Easter Thursday, the 6th of April. Hey, Tom. So after months of speculation, Peter Dutton's confirmed the Coalition will not support Labor's current plans for The Voice. Yes to constitutional recognition for Indigenous Australians. Yes to a local and regional body so that we can get practical outcomes for Indigenous people on the ground. But there was a resounding no to the Prime Minister's Canberra voice. So that's Peter Dutton speaking after a party room meeting in Canberra. He says the opposition supports giving First Nations people recognition in the Constitution, but the LNP won't support a constitutionally enshrined consultative body. Yeah, so this is a big step by Peter Dutton. Um, He kept referring to the voice as the Canberra voice, but um, in my opinion, that's politicising it. Um, This idea came from a wide consultation with Indigenous Australians. It didn't come from Mm. Anthony Albanese. It didn't come from Canberra. It was called for as they stood in front of Uluru, a big group of Indigenous people. So I think Peter Dutton thinks he's saying no to Anthony Albanese, but in reality, he's saying no to Indigenous Australians. And I think what is interesting is, uh, once again, Bridget Archer, one of the uh, one of his own MPs, uh, has decided that she will support the voice um, at odds with the rest of the party. Mm, so he could have given the whole parliamentary party a conscience vote where they all got to decide, but um, only backbenchers um, have a conscience vote. The cabinet have to toe the party line, so that's interesting too. And if you're dealing with rental stress, you have been seen by the RBA governor. Rental stress is at least as big as issue at the moment as uh, mortgage stress. Yeah, so that is Philip Lowe. Yesterday he gave a speech explaining his decision to put his 10-month rate hiking cycle on pause. Um, So that was announced on Tuesday afternoon. Now he's out explaining it. And normally these explanatory statements focus on the pain of mortgagees, but he also said he was very concerned about tightness in the rental market. Mm, And there's been a bit of commentary about, I guess, stopping migration so that uh, we can ease up the housing supply for that. And what do you think of that, Tom? Oh, well, that's a tricky one because it all plays back into inflation. So if we can't get more workers in, wages keep going up, which could drive inflation. So there's all these painful paradoxes here. Another one is that higher interest rates actually slow down property investment and the building of new houses, which also adds to rental stress. Um, so there's such a tricky set of factors to navigate here. What's your name, sweetheart? So that was the sound of when four-year-old Cleo Smith was rescued by police and now her captor, Terence Darrell Kelly, has been sentenced to 13 and a half years in prison. So in the middle of the night, Kelly took Cleo from her family's tent at a campsite near Carnarvon in Western Australia in 2021 
And during the 18 days she was captive, the court heard how Kelly actually tried to tie her up with sticky tape, but said it didn't work and that she didn't want to harm her too badly. Yeah, so handing down this sentence, the judge said that the fear and distress caused to Cleo and her family over those 18 days was immeasurable and that they'd been permanently impacted um, and that impact will never go away. Um, Here's what Cleo's mum, Ellie Smith, told 60 Minutes about her feelings towards Kelly. I think it always will be there, but we do also feel a contentment of he is behind bars, he has been sentenced. Yeah, so he won't be eligible for parole until at least 11 years and six months into that sentence. The court also heard how... um, Kelly had quite a sort of intense psychiatric evaluation and they were saying that if he is to be rehabilitated, uh, it would require a lot of support. And Donald Trump has given a 25-minute press conference following his arrest in New York yesterday. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election and it should be dropped immediately. Yes, so we learned more about the charges. There were 34 charges in relation to the hush money um, paid to adult film star Stormy Daniels in 2016. Um, He pleaded not guilty. In his speech later on in Florida, Trump lashed out at this investigation and the other ones currently underway. Um, In regards to this one, he said he had a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and he singled out their daughter, saying she worked for Kamala Harris and received money from the Biden-Harris campaign. So there's been a bit of a fact check on that. The daughter of the judge presiding over the case runs a digital campaign strategy agency that has done work for Democrats, including Kamala Harris. So a little bit of truth. Yeah, it was classic Trump using this to campaign again. Um, interesting details we learned yesterday also included that the charges relate to two other hush money payments. It's not just a Stormy Daniels one. So it also included the mention of uh, a payment to a doorman who got $30,000 to stay quiet about Trump allegedly having a child out of wedlock. Mm. And an, yeah, and another $150,000 payment to a woman who claimed she also had an affair with Donald Trump. And he's denied that as well. The judge has set the next hearing for the 4th of December. Yeah, so it's going to drag on for the rest of this year and into next year. So it will collide with the presidential campaign. The Trump show is well and truly back on and at its most dramatic. Um, Thank you for that, Eleanor. Um, Have a great Easter. Antoinette is up next to bring you this fascinating interview about Tourette's. Scottish singer Lewis Capaldi is most known for his hit song, Someone You Loved. And recently, a live performance of this song went viral. And it was because the singer struggled to finish the song due to a tick. And as you can hear there, the audience jumped in to help. So it turns out Lewis Capaldi has Tourette's, which is a neurodevelopmental disorder that involves involuntary sounds and movements called tics. And although he's part of a promising trial, which involves wearing a watch that sends pulses to help control tics, he's just come out and said that if his Tourette's gets worse, he'll have to quit music. So what's it like living with Tourette's given there's no cure? Ord Royce is a Melbourne-based high school student and they recently got a Tourette's diagnosis. Ord, tell us what living with Tourette's looks and sounds like for you. 
Uh, it's it can sound very loud. I I have lots of loud ticks. Um, and I have days where I don't tick at all, and I have days where I'm ticking every five minutes. I I don't know necessarily how it looks like, but from from an outside point, I'd assume it looks quite weird to see someone on the street doing random things. But the best part of Tourette's, honestly, is educating people. You have coprolalia, but only around 10% of people with Tourette's do. Um, tell me about coprolalia. Um, so, yeah, coprolalia is the swearing part of Tourette's. And a, com- a common misconception is everyone with Tourette's has coprolalia, which is just not true. And I urge people to not make the assumption that Tourette's equals swearing because it doesn't. And and I think that's... Sorry, go ahead. Are you having a tick now? There it is. So what happened there? Well, I know I probably shouldn't do this, but when I felt that tick coming and I was trying to stop it. Why were you trying to stop it? Look, it's a bit of a defense mechanism, to be honest, because at school I was always like, like, what's that, what's that kid doing? I was ridiculed a little bit. And that made me want to suppress my tics. And that's detrimental to my mental health and how, how you do things in, in a day-to-day life with Tourette's. But I, I'm still not very good at suppressing my tics, but I can suppress tiny bit. So you started getting tics in lockdown. How did they start? And did you have any idea what was going on? I had no idea what was going on, to be honest. Uh, I, I didn't know what Tourette's was. I didn't know what tics were. It's funny because now that I look back on it, my tics actually started when I was about four. Um, and that started with like a very obnoxious facial expression. I was like, mm. and then that went on for quite a while. Um, that's when the coprolalia developed. So I had around three ticks. I had the shoulder shrugging and, and the grunting tick and then the blinking and then the clicking. But, yeah, lockdown just triggered something, I think. So do you find your tics increase when you're more stressed? Oh, definitely. They also increase when I'm angry um, and bored. Boredom is the worst thing for my tics. How do people maybe respond to your tics who may not know you have Tourette's? It, it can be quite a problem at some at some points. I've had good experiences but more bad experiences and I, I just sort of tell them, they, they often say stuff like, like, excuse me, or you, you need better parenting or like, what are you doing? And sometimes when I explain to people that I have Tourette's, they don't know what it is and they don't really care to listen on what it is. I try to give them a brief explanation on what it is, but they just said, oh, look, that's not an excuse. A clip of Scottish singer Lewis Capaldi recently went viral because he was struggling to finish a song, having a tick. What was seeing that video like for you and, you know, also with Billie Eilish coming out, sharing that she has Tourette's? I think it's cool that they, I mean, they might suppress their tics, but they don't do it 24-7, obviously, because they've just shown that they they have tics and of course, ticks can get in in the way of daily life, and I think it's nice knowing that other people in this world have Tourette's, and especially famous people like that. It it consolidates me that they 
are so successful, but they're like me. And I'm interested in in some of those those tips. I know you've explained. Oh, that was one of them just then. Yeah. Okay. So what 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 is that one called? I have the whistle tick. I've got a lot of ticks. Um, I'll start with the one I've had the longest, and that's the which sounds a little bit like I'm not too sure to, to be honest what it sounds like, but um, maybe that like you're a little bit frustrated at something or someone. Yeah, that's what it sounds almost, like. To almost me. like almost like a grunt. Like yeah, uh, got the whistling tick. That I I'm very self conscious when I'm walking out on the street because I don't want anyone to think I'm like cat calling them. But it it's it's it can be hard because people like look at me like what are you whistling at like you have a dog or something that you're trying to I've I've got the shoulder shrugs like that and I've got the neck um fag that that's that's another one um that was a real tick but yeah I've got I've got the swearing um which in, includes a whole variety of words um not just swear words it can be random words I I once I once had a tick where I'd say cookie I'm not complaining that's Aud Royce, a Melbourne teenager whose ticks started getting worse in lockdown. And she's not alone. Recent research has found an increase in the onset of ticks during lockdowns or those who already had Tourette's experiencing worse symptoms. So for a closer look at this, I'm joined by clinical psychologist Dr Amy Talbot, who specialises in tick disorders. Dr Amy Talbot, at what age are people most likely to get a Tourette's diagnosis? And I'm interested to hear if um, it affects the genders differently. In terms of diagnosis, I suppose it depends when people choose to present to services. The age of diagnosis can be sometimes much later than the age of onset of symptoms. So ticks will usually onset at around age six um, or a bit later. That's the most common kind of age range, maybe up to age 12. Tourette syndrome uh, symptoms range from um, relatively basic um, couple of motor and vocal tics, uh, not too impairing, all the way through to um, severely impairing where people are unable to participate in activities of daily living. And it does disproportionately affect males. Uh, although recently in the context of COVID, um, there's been some changes to that. So there's been a, a separate subgroup of people who have been presenting with first onset tick symptoms in their adolescence and they're disproportionately females. And I'm interested to get an understanding of you know, why you think this is happening. Did lockdowns have something to do with it? Did greater awareness on social media drive it? So in Tourette syndrome, traditionally prior to COVID, what we would usually have seen is some early kind of motor tics. So that's your muscle movements, like your blinking, uh, your neck shrugging, your shoulder shrugging, things like that. And that would gradually progress into um, more severe presentations, including vocal tics. And it, it could happen potentially over a reasonably long period of time. Whereas these uh, individuals who are experiencing more tics in the context of the pandemic, they tend to have a really immediate onset of quite severe functionally impairing tics. And so one of the theories about what could be going on uh, with this increase in tick presentation for young women in the context of the pandemic is that they're actually what's referred to as functional tics, um, which is a combination of what's called functional neurological disorder, which is where neurological symptoms present in the context of extreme distress. And are comorbidities usually at play, things like depression or ADHD, autism? 
Typically, with Tourette syndrome, it's very well established that OCD and ADHD occur on the same genetic material as Tourette syndrome. So what that means is if you have a family member with OCD or ADHD or Tourette syndrome, then you're more likely to get ADHD or OCD mm. or Tourette syndrome. And what are some of the most effective um, management tools or treatment when it comes to Tourette's? One of the most popular treatments is called CBIRT, Comprehensive Behavioural Intervention for Tics. And essentially, it teaches people how to notice that their tic is occurring and implement what's called a competing response in order to inhibit the tic response. There's another treatment that's being trialled, and it's a wrist device. Um, and actually, Lewis Capaldi um, is part of that UK trial. What do you know about this uh, Neopulse device? So essentially, Neopulse is a device that people wear on their wrist um, and it's being investigated to see whether or not delivering rhythmic patterns of mild electrical stimulation at the median nerve in the wrist, which is why they're wearing it kind of like a watch, will be able to increase brain oscillations that facilitate suppression of movement like tics. So theoretically, based on what's happening in the trials, it's possible that the stimulation may actually reduce the frequency and severity of tics, similar to the outcomes from CBIT. Clinical psychologist Dr Amy Talbot, who specialises in tic disorders. It will be interesting to see how that Neopulse device trial goes and um, if and when it actually makes its way to Australia. Also fascinating and a little bit concerning that lockdowns actually had an impact on people developing Tourette's much later and females. I'm sure that um, this is a this is an area that will garner more research. And as Dr. Amy Talbot said, it's not necessarily something that just goes away now that lockdowns are over. This is a stress response that started in the pandemic in lockdowns, but now stays with a whole bunch of adolescent women. Listener.